SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Extravaganza. Scott Wetzel sitting in on a Tuesday morning, February 2nd, as the snow continues to come down here on Long Island. Snowed in, basically. Got about a foot of snow yesterday. Hopefully, we don't get a foot of snow today. Although, we did not get rain last night, at least not that I know of anyway. That was the fear that we had snow yesterday afternoon. Then rain turns to slush, and then it freezes up again. And now you get the black ice and everything else, and that's when it really, really gets dangerous. As long as it's snow, it's not too, too bad. So uh, not a bad uh, Monday and Tuesday as the weathermen uh, rare time. You guys are actually right about the snow here on the East Coast. little uh, calm before the storm. Not a whole heck of a lot going on yesterday, but a couple of things, including NBA. Uh, we'll get into the uh, college basketball scene as the Dookie Pukies lose again last night. Well, they might not make the NCAA tournament. I think when everything is said and done, they will. I, I got to see the NCAA in a year in which Kentucky, you know, more than likely will not get in, barring a complete turnaround. Uh, Kansas might not get in. Michigan State, you know, probably is not getting in. I got to see them not put the Dukey Pukies in. Uh, any team like Duke, like Kansas, that might be on the bubble under normal circumstances, is going to get the benefit of the doubt. But then when you throw in the other Blue Bloods that won't more than likely get in, barring a miracle, Michigan State and and, uh, uh, and, and Kentucky, and now you're going to eliminate you know, a couple of more absolute Blue Bloods? No way. You know, Teams like UCLA, Duke, Kansas right now, yeah, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. You know, as long as... Uh, Dookie Pukey can stay, you know, five, six games over 500, and they ought to be able to do that. I would think they'll get it. They may not have any quality wins. They may not have any first-tier wins, second-tier wins, third-tier, whatever the fudge they're calling them these days. But I, I got to see an NCAA tournament without Kansas uh, or certainly without Kentucky, you know, certainly without Michigan State, and then maybe without Duke as well. Looks like North Carolina is going to get in, um, but you have some absolute terrific, you know, normally terrific anyway, programs uh, and, and being on the bubble. And Coach K and the Dookie Pukies are one of them. They lose to Miami last night. Miami. Oh, good gravy. NBA, uh, you know, the main story is really not necessarily a score, but LeBron James getting into it with a couple of fans in Atlanta. And the Lakers 107-99 win. The fans uh, get kicked out. LeBron doesn't stop them from getting kicked out. Real nice there, LeBron. Way to take the high road, brother. Real nice. Uh, people paying thousands of dollars for courtside seats in a basically an empty arena. And you allow them to get kicked out. You think maybe if LeBron would have stepped in and said, no, 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 don't worry about it. I got it. It's under control. They're, they're fine. They're just jibber-jabbering back and forth. You think maybe they would have kicked him out then? No, they would not have. But now afterwards, LeBron wants to say, well, they shouldn't have got kicked out. I enjoy the banter back and forth. Yeah, okay. You didn't step up when you could have, but afterwards, you don't want to look like the villain 
and looked like the bad guy, and now you want to say that they shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the basketball game. Yeah. You know, he's a fraud thick and through. It is amazing, isn't it? Opposite picks on this uh, Tuesday morning, February 2nd. Here's truly sitting in. So we got the Lakers beating the Hawks last night. Another under on Atlanta. 15-1 and one under their last 16 games after regulation, Atlanta. Amazing. Hornets beat the Heat 129-121. The Heat and Mavs continue to flounder. I think the three biggest disappointing teams this year for different reasons, but, you know, it kind of, you know, basically we thought they would perform a little bit better. Uh, maybe there's four. I don't know if you want to throw Toronto into that category or not. But clearly, you know, Dallas, which lost again last night, falls to 8-13. and 13. They have the third worst record in the Western Conference. Sacramento has a better record than the Dallas Mavericks. Sacramento. New Orleans, I would throw into that category as well. You know, I, I don't know if I necessarily thought they were going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I thought with Zion, you know, having all the limitations taken off him and, and that they would be able to do a lot better this year and not have to worry about minute restrictions and all that other nonsense. And there they sit at 7-12. and 12. They got the second-worst record in the Western Conference. Dallas and New Orleans, huge surprises to me. And then on the uh, on the eastern side of the border, uh, you know, Toronto's got to be one of them at the 8-12. and 12. I, I thought they would be better. And then you're defending Eastern Conference champs. They've got to be at the top of the list, 7-13. and 13. I, I know Jimmy Butler has missed a bunch of games with the COVID, but, man, uh, they lose again last night, 7-13. and 13. Again, third worst record in the Eastern Conference. Orlando, the Knicks, the lousy New York Knicks, the Chicago Bulls. The Charlotte Hornets, you couldn't name two Charlotte Hornets. They have a better record than your Eastern Conference champion, Miami Heat. I mean, the Hawks have a better record. You can name some Hawk players. Go ahead. Give me three Charlotte Hornet players. Give me two. I'll stick to two. Give me two Charlotte Hornet players. And they have a better record than the defending champs, or Eastern Conference champs anyway. So it's been a weird season. It really has. Um, you know, the separation has really divided itself more so than almost any other year. Now, you have the Clippers and the Lakers. No one buys into the Jazz. And you have basically nobody in the East. You hope for some teams to rise up. But you you basically have at this point two teams. If it's not the Clippers or Lakers winning the championship at this point, I, I would be shocked. I, I really would. All right, hockey, college, basketball, and football talk. Aaron Rodgers in the news again on Opposite Pick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I don't I don't think I have to do a lot of assuring him because I think obviously his play speaks for itself. But uh, um, I will say this. We're really excited uh, not only for next year, but the years to come. I mean, he's playing at such a high level um, that he always has. And um, I think, you know, this year was a, a special year. It didn't finish like we wanted to finish. But I think um, I think everybody's, you know, purely, um, you know, motivated to get back. And, um, and I think, like I said, I don't think there's anything that we have to do. Um, He's uh he's our quarterback and he's our leader.
That's Green Bay General Manager Brian uh, Gutekunst talking about Aaron Rodgers. What a last name, huh? He took as a kid. Uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers yesterday in his uh, press conference. You know, I wish they would judge a couple of things here. You know, this is not going away. There's there's more to this than, than what people are saying, and I wish they would just say it. I don't know if they're waiting until after the Super Bowl. You know, the NFL kind of frowns on people upstaging the Super Bowl, and not many people have the ability to upstage the Super Bowl, but Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay does do uh, just because of the franchise it is. You know, this is not, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bungles here or the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the Green Bay Packers, so you got to give a little bit more credence to that. Um, so I, I don't know if they're just sitting on this and there's a, uh, you know, a powder keg that's going to explode after the Super Bowl, but the thought of Aaron Rodgers not being with Green Bay next season is, is you know, slowly gaining a little momentum, whether it was with the Rams, you know, asking if they, they were interested in trading him or whether it's, you know, rumors that maybe start somewhere else along the line. But see, the problem with the Packers yesterday, and, and also I, I will say a former Green Bay Packer, uh, T.J. Lang, offensive lineman, who I guess is buddies with Aaron Rodgers, uh, said yesterday on a radio station that Rodgers is still pissed off that the Packers uh, chose Jordan Love last year with their first pick. In fact, they moved up into the draft uh, to get the Jordan Love. That still is bothered. It's still, it's still bothering him, and and that's what was behind some of those comments, I guess. At the end of the regular season, or end of the postseason, <coughs> excuse me, that, uh, you know, prompted Rodgers to say, you know, I don't know what my future is and this and that. So uh, th- there's clearly some distrust there. There's clearly some disrest there. There's clearly some issues there. Here's my issue with it all. I like to know why from Brian it took him eight days to respond to this. You know, you have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers who, you know, seemingly is clearly your number one guy. Speak about not knowing what his future is with the franchise. You know, he's clearly asking to be told, you know, where do I stand? And it takes you eight days to respond. Eight it would take me eight minutes if I really, you know, love this guy. You know, if it was me and I'm Green Bay and I got my quarterback who's under contract for a number of years, oh, by the way, uh, but at least, uh, you know, on the outside is wondering what his future holds. I, I, I would take eight minutes before I held a press conference and said, listen, he's ours. He, he, he's not going anywhere. Uh, we're not even thinking about trading him. He had a great season, MVP type season, may end up being the MVP. Looks like he will. You know, we're not trading him. But it took him over a week to say that stuff. You know, you can't take over a week to say the obvious and then be, you know, asked to, you know, believe that it's such an outlandish thought that he won't be there next year. And two, you know, if I'm at that press conference, again, I got to do other people's work. It's amazing how I got to do other people's jobs. My next question is, well, Brian, you know, don't, not that he was necessarily ridiculing the media, but don't make it sound so absolute that Aaron Rodgers is going to be your quarterback because you moved up into the draft and used the first round pick on a quarterback last year. You're bringing it's a lot like with Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. You're bringing this on yourself, you know. So if there wasn't a backup quarterback that was worth anything on your roster, then yeah, it would be silly to even bring up you know Aaron Rodgers going somewhere or him not being on the team. That's stupid. You know, of course he is. Who are we going to put Joe Schmo there? Uh, but 
when you use a first-round pick on a quarterback, you seem to like that quarterback. You seem to think that that quarterback is going to play a role on your team somewhere along the line, so why not next year? Why does it have to be two, three years down the line? That's really what should have been the next question. All right, Brian, you say it's it's an absolute that uh, Rodgers is your quarterback. Then uh, would you piss away a first-round draft choice for last year? Why? You know, it clearly, clearly, clearly still bothers Rodgers. And if you're a Packer fan, why not? Maybe it was one more player. Maybe it was one more wide receiver. Maybe it was one more fat offensive lineman. Maybe it was one more defensive guy. Maybe a defensive back that could have covered some of those Tampa Bay wide receivers that were running all over the football field last week in their loss. Maybe that would have been the difference. Um, you know, it does got to piss him off that that's apparently what Lang was saying, that they, they really haven't committed like one really go get this guy. And I don't know why that is. We saw it with Brady and in the, in the, in the Patriots. You know, how many times did they go out and go get him a big time, big time wide receiver? Randy Moss, they got him Corey Dillon. Now, not that he's a wide receiver, but they got him, you know, Corey Dillon running back. Um, you know, there, there might be a handful of others out there, but you would think think, right, that if you had Brady or if you have Aaron Rodgers in this case, man, you'd make every attempt possible to go get yourself a couple of wide receivers. There were a gazillion of them in the draft. You look at those Packer wide receivers, you know, outside of Adams, none of them, they're all worth a grain of salt. None of them are any good. Uh, the Valdez scold Scandling, he, he sucks. You know, these guys drop more passes than Carter has uh, pills. I mean, uh, yeah, 70s expression there. So you would think that there would have been one year, right? I mean, you got two, three, maybe four years left. I mean, it really doesn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense what Philadelphia did, and it didn't make any sense what Green Bay did, using high draft choices on, on players that, you, you know, best case scenario, doesn't play. You don't want them to play because that means that Rodgers would be struggling or, or hurt. It's just you don't have that luxury. You're going to look back and say, man, we won one stinking Super Bowl. As a Dolphin fan, we say it with Dan Marino, right? We didn't even win one, but we went to one lousy Super Bowl. But at least the Dolphins tried to bring guys in there. Don Shula just couldn't evaluate talent. He was the greatest coach of all time, but ask him to, to figure out a draft and, and uh, you know figure out who was good and who wasn't. Forget about it. So... But it's, it's different nowadays. You should be able to figure out, guys. I, I mean, man, they didn't even spend a second round or a third round pick on a wide receiver. I, I just, uh, it's very strange. Very strange. You know, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. A little overrated, but, you know, he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. First ballot Hall of Famer. And you don't go out of your way to win. It, it, it does remind me when I was covering the Jets, the Keyshawn Johnson days. You know, throw me the damn ball. And it's true. You use the first overall pick on a wide receiver, and you throw the ball more to my guy Wayne Krebet than you did Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. It really did. You know, you guys think, I've said this a zillion times, you guys think that these guys are smart and geniuses and smarter than you and I. And in some aspects, obviously, they are with X's and O's and different things. But in reality, in common sense things, no, they're, they're really not. You know, they're more concerned. Teams don't, they they don't like for people to say this, but it's true. Teams don't want to win championships. Coaches and GMs want to keep their jobs. That's what they want. Winning championships comes with the territory, if you can get it. Keeping the job, keeping that seven-figure paycheck rolling in is what their goal is in life. 
And that's why you use a first-round pick on a backup quarterback because you say, well, Rodgers probably has two more years left. Then we're in a whole lot of trouble. We could get fired after that for not winning. But, you know, if we got a quarterback on our roster that's going to pick up the slack, you know what, we're good for another five, six, seven, eight years after that. Even though if it means sacrificing winning a championship, no matter, you know what, we're going to be able to keep our jobs. We're going to keep that seven, eight-figure paycheck rolling in. And that's what it's all about with them. Players, they obviously want to win. Coaches, management, they want to keep a winning record, get to the playoffs every single year, maybe lightning strikes, maybe everything falls the right way, we can win a title, but if it doesn't, happy just going to the postseason. That means we're keeping our job. That's the truth. All right, more football talk coming up. Opposite pick, Series Exemption. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Going into that Buffalo game, obviously, uh, I was able to move enough, but I felt like I was still restricted and I wasn't able to use the same kind of yeah. agility that I that I always always use. And having these extra uh, few weeks here has really gave me time to let this thing heal uh, and be able to rehab it back up. And it, it's getting it's getting to where it's basically back to normal. Assuming is okay, but you know, listen. If I'm a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer defensive lineman and I actually step on his toe, wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, right? I mean, you know, we've definitely seen other guys get hurt different ways, and it's as small as an injury as that may seem. It's not an arm, it's not a shoulder, it's not an elbow, it's not a knee, not a hip. You know, no big deal. And and I always said, why you can't you can't just shoot it up with some Novocaine, you know? Uh, but, you know, that would be cumbersome for, for uh, Kansas City, for sure. You know, and again, you, know, you accidentally step on his toe when you're getting up after a sack or something along those lines. Uh, it, it would be interesting. And I want to, you know, prop-wise, I, I don't know if that's going to affect, you know, his total and my thinking on whether I'm going to play the over on, on uh, scrambling with him. Maybe. You know, I got to go over all the props. I told you yesterday, I, I went through the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer main ones. Uh, I'm going to delve into that a little bit more today. Going to make my, uh, you know, my uh, soup. And I always got to sit down. I, I do the podcast, get that out of the way. And then I'm going to sit down and get my New England clam chowder, uh, lock the door and just sit here and go through all the box scores and figure out and go through FanDuel and check out all the props that they have and try and figure out some good ones. Uh, because right now I've yet to, outside of uh, scoring two minutes in the first half, uh, the Buccaneers 16 times out of their 19 games, someone has scored in the final two minutes. You got to lay three to one on that, you know, which who really wants to do on a prop, but it does happen, you know, basically every six games, you know, five, six, five out of six games that that's the, it's on pace for uh, so that that's more than obviously the three to one. So it's you're actually getting dare I say this value uh, by betting yes on that, even though you're laying three to one. But other than that, you know, Bucks score touchdowns 14 times versus field goals are their first score. So it's you know again you wonder why 
you see that prop and in uh, for a touchdown I, I, without knowing it, but I'm sure it's probably minus 170 for the Bucks. And you say to yourself, why would that be? It's a 50-50. It can be a touchdown or a field goal. It's not like there's three options here, um, you know, because they generally throw safety in with that field goal. And, I mean, so why would it be, you know, minus 170? Well, that's why, because, you know, basically three out of every four games, uh, Tampa Bay's first score was a touchdown this year. So that, that's why you got to the odds. Other than that, there's really not, you know, ball first, pretty much even, um, you know, first play from scrimmage, which I'm surprised with, believe it or not, for Tampa Bay. They ran the football on first play from scrimmage 11 times versus pass eight. Uh, also a little surprised that Tom Brady's actually thrown seven incompletions his first pass. Normally, you know, in a 19-game schedule, including playoffs, that would be like 15-4. and four. But they, they actually, they, they, boy, they come out throwing the ball deep. So that, that's actually a pretty decent high number. Um, you know, Bucks early on scored first almost all the time, but then that evened out, you know. Only one safety in Buck games all year. And, you know, Tampa Bay has never completed a two-point conversion. I got it as 0 for 4. I'll double-check all these stats. But 0 for 4, and then uh, opposing teams only 1 for 3. So only one time all season. Again, I'll double-check this stuff, but I have it now as only one time all season has the team scored a two-point conversion. So I know that's one of the favorites. You know, yes, for plus 2 to 1 on that, or 250 to 1. But, you know, if history means anything then uh, that would actually be a no play, believe it or not. Uh, here, here's another sucker one. You know, will there be, and I fall into this, I, I told you this yesterday, I fall into this trap, it's one of my favorites, but I play it every year and I lose basically every year. But will there be a touchdown of less than one and a half yards? And if you say yes, you actually have to lay odds. And if you're thinking, well, boy, how many times can there be a one-yard touchdown? I mean, geez, what are the chances of that? Believe it or not, pretty darn good. Although not as bad as I thought. 10 out of the 19 games in Tampa Bay games this year, there was a touchdown of one yard. It's You, know, you got to remember, pass interference penalty in the end zone puts the ball to one. That's where most of these one-yard touchdown runs are set up. Uh, it's not necessarily a guy running from the 10-yard line down to the one. He doesn't score. Although that does happen quite a bit, believe it or not. But more times than not, it's, you know, you get a pass interference penalty in the end zone. They mark the ball at the one, touchdown, a play later. There you go. There's your one-yard touchdown. That That's why that play is is uh, the way it's set up. Um, so 10 out of 19, though, is not actually too, too bad. I But I always play no. I do. I, I get suckered into it, but I always say I'll take my chances. There won't be a pass interference penalty. Um, I'll take my chances. The guy's not going to get tackled at the one. Now, this should be a high-scoring game, so, you know, chances are better there will be a situation like that. But, um, you know, I, I like every year playing the the no on that, saying it'll be over. one. Sometimes they list it as what will the uh, uh, shortest touchdown be, over or under one and a half yards. So, But I'll go through all those. So right now I got ball first, first play, first pass, first score, um, who scores first, first penalty, one-and-a-half-yard touchdown, safety, two-point conversions, defensive touchdowns. Only three defensive touchdowns, only three games that have de defensive touchdowns. Uh, that's another popular prop in the Tampa Bay games. So I'll probably add like eh, three or four more on that, and then I'll get the same thing on Kansas City side, and let's see if we can find some value uh, in some of these prop plays. And then we'll go over some of the numbers as well as far as, uh, you know, averages and over-under yards and, and all that other good stuff.
Uh, opposite picks yesterday, two and four. Little, little bit of a setback. Uh, we actually did okay with our real picks. And I tell you, if there was one that I was going to play, it would have been that Louisville game in the afternoon. They were laying only three and a half against Georgia Tech. There's no way they were going to lose that game. At home, two o'clock in the afternoon, Georgia Tech didn't want to be there. And, and Louisville blew them out as only three and a half point favorites. Uh, that that was a, a golden golden line from the boys of FanDuel. Uh, Knicks uh, plus the three and a half. That was a loser as the Bulls the win by seven. Houston remained on fire as we thought they would. Uh, they blow out OKC, so OKC plus five was a loser. Georgia Tech a loser. Texas Tech laying six and a half. You know that line went up to seven and a half. That was a weird line. I, I don't know. Maybe Oklahoma being ranked in the top ten. So people were thinking they were going to be giddy over that and, and Texas Tech was going to get all fired up and everything else. I mean, you know, listen, Texas Tech won, but I, I don't know why that line went up to seven. And I don't know why it was six and a half. I mean, that should have been a three or four point line at best. So, I mean, Oklahoma was coming off the win against Alabama and everything else. So it went up to seven and a half. And that, that's one that didn't work out as, as Tech wins by, I think it was four. So Oklahoma covered. So I was right about that. Our two winners going opposite, South Carolina State lost by 14, getting 15.5 against North Carolina Central, and uh, Mississippi Valley State lost by about 14 as well, getting 23.5 against Grambling. So two and four, not uh, you know not awful. It's going to happen every once in a while. Our overall number is 53 up and 36 down. So we got six games coming up here opposite picks-wise, including Boston College, which is down to four scholarship players. Four. How about that? I mean, they don't. The head coach doesn't even want to play, but the administration at BC is saying play. That line is 12 and a half, 13. I'll double check here again at FanDuel, but um, boy, it's hard not to like Florida State in that one, right? I mean, geez, 13, 12 and a half for a team that's got four scholarship players, and they're not even the four starters necessarily. I, I mean, Wow. Let me see what the what the FanDuel has it updated as if it changed overnight. Because again, it was uh I saw 12 and a half, 13 last night, and FanDuel has it as they don't even have it on the board. How about that? They took it off the board. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna stop missing it. Nope. Wow. Well, they're not gonna take the action. It was 12 and a half, 13 last night. Some places in Vegas had it as high as 14. Yeah, we're going to play it. So uh, hopefully FanDuel will decide to put, maybe they're just trying to figure out who's actually in and who's actually out. But yeah, um, four, four guys, everyone else is going to be walk-ons. Walk-ons against Florida State, one of the best teams in the country. Not, you know, top team, but, you know, top 15 team in the country going up against basically a bunch of walk-ons. <laughs> and that line was 14. Wow, that was a gift. If you could have got, if, if you got it, congratulations. Uh, that that was an absolute gift. Uh, well, you know, like yeah, I'll, we'll double check that and make sure that they have that line posted because that would be a good one. It, it really would. Um, our favorite Super Bowl bet slash pool is update that one more time. Point spread over under straight plays. How about that? Nothing fancy. Uh, 41% of the vote. Super Bowl box pool getting 37% of the vote. Props pool getting 21% of the vote. I tell you, people love that props or those box pools. We had one for, for a poll um, on our podcast sold out in about 15 minutes. I mean, just people just love throwing money on chance like that. 
give me a scratch off lottery ticket. Those suckers go. E- even though, you know, the, whenever you don't need to know anything, is that right? Proper English. Whenever you don't need to know anything, yes, people just love that stuff. Just, just absolutely love. It. They come out of the woodwork. Just come out of the woodwork when it comes to these Super Bowl boxes. So I'm not surprised that uh, that actually is leading the poll question. But go to Opposite Picks. We'll update that one more time before we are through. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, you know what time it is. Opposite Picks time. We got seven, excuse me, we got six plays that we're going to try and get back on the winning side of things right here on a Tuesday morning coming up on 37 past the hour. Sirius XSM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, Opposite Picks. What are newbies, uh, Opposite Picks use newbies ask? Well, we give you 7,000 reasons why we like one team and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. Two and four last night, little setback, still 17 games over 500, had 53 winners and only 36 losses. So here we go. We got a six-pack of winners for you, all in college basketball. We're going to scratch Florida State, Boston College. That game actually got postponed late yesterday. So I didn't realize that when I was doing it last night, so... Because of the COVID situation, no BC, no Florida State. So we're going to replace that with uh, Texas plus five and a half versus Baylor. Love the Longhorns here. Biggest matchup in the Big 12, not involving Kansas in years. Shaka Smart back from the COVID situation, which forced them to miss a couple of games. Uh, they're coming off a loss, but Texas is the home team. They're going to be all five. Baylor. And ranked number two in the country. This should be a nail-biter getting five and a half at Texas as the home team love Texas here. Give me Baylor laying the five and a half. Pick number two, over 153 and a half, Buffalo and Ball States. I'm real tempted to take Buffalo here because Ball State stinks, but we have an overplay as the even better position to be in. Why the over, you ask? Well, how about Buffalo is 7-2 over this year? 7-2. Not impressed? How about Ball State being 11-2 over this year? That's a combined 18-4 over, including a game between these same two teams earlier this season that went over. 18-4. You don't buck 18-4 over trends. Give me under 153.5. Buffalo and Ball State. Pick number three, Iowa laying 10 and a half versus Michigan State. What's this? You want to give me mighty Michigan State double digits? Have you gone bonkers? Yes and no. These are not your father's Michigan State Spartans teams. They stink not only on the court, but especially so with the boys in Vegas. They're just two and six straight up their last eight games and are riding an ugly duckling, money-burning, bookie-busting, computer-crashing, website-freezing one and ten against the spread their last 11 games. One and ten. 
Iowa, on the other hand, is 10-5-1 against the spread this year. Love Iowa laying even the 10 and a half. And Michigan State to plus the 10 and a half. Pick number four, under 124, Tennessee at Ole Miss. Very tough to go under on a game I know that has 124 as its number and doesn't involve Virginia. I get that, but we have to hear. Why? Ole Miss is a monster, money-making, bookie-crying, fan-duel-crumbling, game-stock-stock-inflating, 14-2 under this year. What about Tennessee? Vols 9-5 under this year. That's a combined 23-7 under. You can't possibly bet it over in a game that has the teams combined to go 23-7 under. Me over, 124, Tennessee, Mississippi. Pick number five, Purdue, pick them at Maryland. Wow, is this a bad line. Pick them, Purdue versus Maryland, pick them? Are you kidding me? Purdue's one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Maryland's one of the worst, and it's pick them? Oh, this is too easy. Purdue's 11-5, its last 16 games, including 5-1, its last six. They're playing great basketball. Maryland is a lousy 5-8, its last 13 games, with one of those wins coming against Wingate, whatever the fudge that is. That doesn't even count. But they're at home, you say. I say, so what? They're 0-4 at home in Big Ten play. They can't beat any good teams home, on the road, up in the moon, for goodness sake. I got the better team in Purdue, the hotter team in Purdue, and I got them at Pickham. Uh, we'll be drinking the champagne after the Boilermakers win tonight. Be Maryland, pick them. Pick number six, Navy laying three at Loyola, Maryland. Whoa, wow, 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 wow. Boy, you talk about a bad line. This isn't a bad line. This is an atrocious, awful, lousy, garbage, beastly, faulty, god-awful, stinking, slipshod, substandard, grungy, ungodly line. What in the good gravy is Navy doing as only a three-point favorite? Navy's 11-2, Loyola's 0-5. Yeah, they're winless. With one of those five losses coming by 18 points with the same Navy team Saturday night. 18 points? You think they really made that many improvements by 15 points in three nights? I don't think so. Man, I just absolutely love, 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 love Navy here. I mean, Loyola plus the three. Our six-pack of opposite picks on this January, on this, uh, excuse me, February 2nd. Uh, we're going to go with Baylor laying to five and a half. Under 153 and a half, Buffalo at Ball State. Michigan State plus 10 and a half. Over 124, Tennessee Ole Miss. Maryland, pick them. And it pains me to say it, but uh, give me Loyola plus the three against me. College basketball six-pack of opposite pick winners on February 7th. All right, there you go. Again, I'll post them on the website, as we always do. Uh, for you uh, later this morning, in case you were driving around, or you can always go to YouTube or uh, download the, our show on the app. Uh, you get that asked many, many, many times. You know, how can you listen to the show? If you just go to your normal, whatever it's Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to shows, uh, you, you just punch in opposite picks, and I'm told that it should come up. So, in case you want to listen back, and we always do it at 6:40 Eastern time. You know, barring some changes, but generally it's always 6.40 Eastern time, this segment, if you want to listen back to it. Otherwise, again, I post them on the website. So 53 winners and only 36 losers. Yeah, no Florida State-Boston College. I put this together last night, 
And uh, late last night, they decided they didn't want to play. BC was down to four scholarship players. They were going to have a bunch of walk-ons play. And uh, the, the BC head coach didn't want to do it, but the administration, for whatever reason, was saying yes, 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 yes. So they were reluctantly going to play Florida State, but then uh, at last moment, I guess they changed their mind and said, no, we can't do it. That's not enough. It's not fair. So uh, took it off the board. I don't, like I said, it was 13, 13 and a half, 12 and a half, 14, depending on where you did your shopping in Vegas. Uh, when I last saw it, boy, I was going to be all over that. That, you know, Florida State's a darn good basketball team. You know, they never won a big, big game in their lives, but they beat the snot out of the Boston Colleges of the world, and there's no way a bunch of walk-on players were going to be able to compete with a scholarship team like Florida State. Now, that would have been just golden, just golden. So, unfortunately, they they, they took that off the board. So, uh, again, we'll replace that with Baylor, or, uh, well, Texas as the real pick. Baylor is the opposite pick, uh, laying the, the five and a half. You know, a couple of other halfway decent games tonight in, in college hoops as you run down the schedule. You got an afternoon game Irish playing uh at uh, at home against uh, Wake Forest uh, getting four and a half or laying four and a half um Irish coming off a halfway decent one they've actually won three of their last four I don't like them I'm not a big Mike Bray fan at all and at this point I'm kind of rooting for them to lose throw them into the mix as well as far as teams that might not make the uh the NCAA tournament. Now I know, you know, basketball-wise, it's been a long time since we've had John Shoemate and company play for uh, for Notre Dame. The, the good old days. I'll date myself there, but uh, no Dukey Pukey, no Michigan State, no Notre Dame, maybe no Kansas. Although I think they're going to get in. Uh, definitely no no Kentucky at this point, barring you know a crazy thing occurring. I mean, it's going to be like a who's who. It'll be interesting to see. If they have some of these other CSI, CID, CBI, QV, XYZ tournaments, you know, you could have, I mean, think about it, all those teams I just mentioned, if they all got together and said, all right, you know what, we want to continue playing, so let's do one of these dopey tournaments. I mean, you think about the CSI or CIC or whatever the fudge it is, you could have, you know, Notre Dame, you know, Kentucky, Duke, you know, maybe UCLA. Uh, you know, Michigan State. I mean, you talk about some great programs you could have in one of those dopey tournaments. Boy, they they, they got to be salivating at the possibility of that. Uh, Butler at Marquette, nah, nah, not too bad there. Butler getting four and a half. I kind of like uh, uh, Butler. You know, I I play this system, Big East Road underdogs. I love playing it. Uh, I've been doing it for years. And, um, you know, uh, it, it comes out way more times than, than uh, it doesn't. So that, that's a little system. Maryland's now a one and a half point favorite at Purdue. Boy, that's a crazy line. That 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 is just a bad bad line, man. North Carolina's laying three and a half against Clemson. Thought about liking uh, using North Carolina. I do like them, but Clemson's a little bit better at home. North Carolina's playing better, but I, I just uh, I, I don't trust North Carolina at, at, at this point. How about Kansas? Now I thought about going with Kansas too. Seventeen and a half over Kansas State. Boy, this Kansas State team is another one of the blue bloods. Now, not at the same level as Kansas, but you know every single year Bruce Weber, Kansas State's in the NCAA tournament. Not this year. This year they're atrocious. I mean they're beyond bad. If you think Kentucky's bad and Duke's bad. Um, forget about throw Kansas State into that mix. They're they're awful. But I won't let it 17 and a half because Kansas has actually lost three of four. Or is it four or five? Three of four or four or five. Four or five, actually. They lost to uh yeah, uh, they lost four of the last five because they lost to Tennessee this past weekend. Um that's gotta be the worst stretch for Bill Self uh at Kansas, I I, I would think. They might not I mean I think they're gonna get the benefit of the doubt, but man, 
Pretty good one, Illinois at Indiana later on tonight. That should be a halfway decent game. Illini, you know, they're going to get in, but people thought they were going to be great, great, great when they knocked off Duke this year. And it hasn't necessarily happened for them. You know, uh, they're on the cusp of not making it either. I think they will because it's the Big Ten. And the Big Ten, I'll tell you what, when you have, I don't know how they're going to come up with 60-plus teams this year. Go, You know, I do this every single year. I don't need the dopey bracketologist to tell me who's in and who's out. I do it myself. And, you know, normally it's a little bit of a struggle when you get down to those final five, six, seven teams and you only have, you know, so many slots left. But this year, I tell you what, I don't know how they're going to come up with 60-plus teams, 65. I mean, if they have a full tournament. There, there's just not that many good teams this year. Uh, the, the SEC blows. You know, the Big East isn't anything special this year. You know, the Pac-12 is is nothing. You know, outside of the Big Ten, which could literally get some eight teams in, you know, the ACC without the, you know, the Dookie Pukies or Wake Forest or, you know, any of the others. I mean, you're, you're looking at maybe four or five teams there, not the usual seven or eight. No Notre Dame. I mean, it's really you're, – you're going to have some weird – you're going to have the Loyola of Chicago's Colorado states of the world getting NCAA tournament bids versus Duke and Michigan State and, and Kentucky. It's going to be very weird. Very, very weird. And and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If Gonzaga can't win this year, forget about it. You know, uh, you, know you look at their futures, and they're still getting 3-1. to one. Not getting good value uh, with them. And I say that only because I don't think Gonzaga will be much lower than plus 280 come NCAA tournament time. So there's no sense betting them now. There really isn't. If I thought that line was going to drop even more, then I might. But how, how much further is it going to go? Uh, you know, what's it going to go up to plus 250? So why risk the COVID situation and someone getting hurt or whatever the case may be? I'll wait until the tournament comes out. They're going to get a pretty easy bracket, I'm sure about that. But uh, there's just not that many good teams this year. Good luck getting 60 plus. It's going to be difficult. All right, we'll close up shop next. We'll update the poll question one more time and delve into a couple stories that we didn't have time to bring up on Apple Picks, Sirius XM SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. update the uh, poll question one more time and again that'll be uh, listed uh, throughout the day so feel free to hop on uh, the question we'll update that tomorrow favorite Super Bowl bet is so far uh, the box pool is now going to kind of take it over 43% uh, point spread over under straight plays 40% Super Bowl prop pool at uh, 17% or so go to opposite picks get your vote in there and again we'll update that tomorrow morning before we do tomorrow's poll question couple of stories here that we don't have time to uh, delve into uh, too much and it's probably a good thing because I, I don't know what to make of this New York Mets uh, Mickey Calloway story. I, I mean, who knows who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. I don't know. But, it, it, you know, if you're a Mets fan, I mean, my goodness, you know, you just had to fire your general manager. 
And now, what, two weeks later, you have another situation. Now, he's no longer with the club, but you have another situation in which the New York Mets, you know, were supposed to, I, I don't know, uh, Mickey Calloway sending unsolicited messages. What does that mean? Photos is the thing that, you know, if you're trying to pick which side to believe, because he's denying the allegations, it's like, well, if you send photos, it's kind of hard to deny you sending a picture of, uh, you know, you shirtless, which is what he supposedly did. Um, you know, maybe his face wasn't in the picture so he could say it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I mean, I, you know, you think you'd be able to tell, but, um, just a weird, I mean, what are, what's, you know, what's up with these guys? I mean, my goodness, you know, you're, you're dealing with media members that way. I mean, very strange. It just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what to make of it. Former Dolphins running back Mark Walt, remember him, arrested numerous times the last two years, arrested again at a pizza hut down in Miami Sunday night. What a bird brain. What, what, what an absolute bird brain. And I just wish, you know, we, we discussed this a little bit with Aaron Rodgers being supposedly upset. I wish he'd hold a press conference just to come out and say, I'm pissed off at this dopey club for drafting a quarterback that's not going to get used when we could have used a real player. I wish he had the balls to say that. I really did. Good job by everyone involved. We'll do it again tomorrow right here. Opposite picks on Sirius XM Channel 204. Be safe. Wear the mask.